0: I'm a recruiter. It's a small, small, small industry. Recruiters, like the majority of Canada, don't agree with you. Doesn't matter if there's a fucking man at the top of your HR department. It's run by women, and it's run by angry women just like me. My heart goes out to you guys. I mean, you have families to feed, right? You brought your kids to this big event. You're freedom fighters. You're standing up. Oh, they will be so so proud you. Fuck yourself. Fuck, fuck, fuck yourself. -hmm. Recruiters are watching. HR is watching everywhere. And we hate you. We hate you so much. And you think we can't do anything.
1: Affected. I'm Joshua Slocum and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. Coming up this week we've got pride. What in the world do we have to be proud of? We're also going to talk about something we introduced in our introduction. Female narcissism is both running and ruining the Western culture. And we're going to end up talking about the actual ignorance, lack of knowledge among American citizens about the American legal philosophy and the philosophy, the philosophy underneath the constitution. And this ignorance has rendered us unable to recognize what our actual legal rights are and to exercise them. So first I want to go back to that lady in our introduction. Let's listen. This is if you heard that, this is a human resources professional, or HR, with a social media video that she felt very comfortable sharing. So that's the context. Let's take a listen to the entire thing. And ...rights and
0: freedom that would tell you that, but since you seem to forget that, and you're all loud and proud with your big thoughts and your big, big ideas and you wanna whatever, fucking set up hot tubs in Ottawa, I'm a recruiter. It's a small, small, small industry. Smaller than you think. Same with HR. So if you're looking for a job or maybe trying to keep a job, maybe, just maybe, think about what you're putting on social media. Again, freedom fighters. I know you're not really big with stats and you know, facts aren't your thing, you know? But what I can tell you, what is a fact, is that recruiters talk, and recruiters, like the majority of Canada, don't agree with you. Do you know what that means? Do you have any guesses? Any guesses what that means? What that means is that if you need a job, you might not get one. If you want to keep a job, you might not get to do that. And you know what else HR is good at? Documentation. You know what that means? you want to be an asshole, we document it. We give you a couple tries. Then what do we do? We terminate you with cause, if we're so lucky. If not, we give you the minimum allowed by law. Either way, best of luck to you. Recruiters are watching. HR is watching everywhere. And we hate you. We hate you so much. And you think we can't do anything, but we can. We have the power. Always remember that. doesn't matter if there's a fucking man at the top of your HR department. It's run by women. And it's run by angry women just like me. (sighs) I'm so, so glad I got that off my chest. It's been eating me up inside. And honestly, my heart goes out to you guys. I mean, you have families to feed, right? You brought your kids to this big event. You're freedom fighters. You're standing. be so so proud so 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 proud of you fuck yourself fuck 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 yourself love you
1: that's it right there fuck 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 off love you now i am not going to give you a diagnosis because if you have watched at least one episode of this show you don't need me to tell you what is going on psychologically with this woman. It is crystal clear and obvious. I'm gonna talk about her in detail. I'm gonna come back, I'm gonna talk about a few things about her specifically. But I wanna talk about why I chose this and what I believe that it represents generally. On this show, I've talked a lot about how female social rules are running our corporations, our boardrooms, our politics, and our educational system. Even without personality disorders, okay, just leave aside personality disorders. Talk about sex-typical psychology and sex-typical ways of relating to other people. There are female-typical ways and male-typical ways. And, of course, yes, there is overlap and nothing is 100%. As always, you have to supply all your own caveats and all your own not-alls. So supply them yourself. I'm going to speak in generalities. Even without personality disorders, the imbalance in cultural power between female socializing rules and male socializing rules has reached a point where we are ending up with women like this who are confident enough to say this in public. These consequences can be very serious for some men. Take James Damore at Google who got fired, um, what was it, days or weeks after he joined the company Uh, for circulating something that talked about female-typical and male-typical sex differences in psychology and in, in sportsmanship and things like this. Even mentioning this was enough to get him fired and make him, as my friend Helen says, Twitter's main character of the day, the one that everybody puts in the digital stocks and throws rotten fruit at. Feminists claim that women don't have power. This is the common claim that you hear from feminists in the West. It's been told to me, to my face, many, many times. And this is based on a facile view of power that sees it coming only when women have the same number of seats in legislatures and on corporate boards as men do. It's a very simplistic, childish way of, of conceiving of power. It completely ignores a dynamic that we can call power from behind the throne. Lady Margaret Beaufort in early modern England, the grandmother of Henry VIII, she was never queen of England, but she was queen of England. She was my lady, the king's mother. She maneuvered her own son, Henry VII, the prior, um, into a position of power. He ended the War of the Roses and became uh, founded the Tudor dynasty. And Lady Margaret Beaufort not only shaped him and his policies, but her grandson, Henry VIII. Catherine de' Medici was only queen for a limited time in Italy. But she spent about three decades ruling France as the narcissistic mother figure who ruled through her two sons who held the throne in title more than in fact. Now, of course, these are big examples, aren't they? Right, Queens or queen-like figures. But it scales downwards, too. This kind of power isn't silly. It's not light. It's not made up. It's not second best power. It is often bigger than the power of the king or the CEO or the board president. And the thing that feminists have wanted to hear the least is that women are, in fact, in our culture, ruling from behind the throne. They are more powerful culturally today and in many business and political contexts than men are. The entire democratic left agenda and cultural mores which is ascendant and is now mainstream culture, is an extremely feminized political culture. And we do see this. People talk about this all the time. We see this in the human resources world. And sep- what what it was this statistic I found? 76% of workers in, and executives in HR are women. Like teaching, it's a female-dominated field. And... This woman in this video, she's very candid. I mean, she's awful, but she's telling the truth about a lot of things and I think we ought to listen to her. Did you notice that she's got the camera really close to her face and she's doing a lot of these facial contortions and she's going back and forth and she's going like this and she's making her eyes big and she's affecting that she's smiling, but really she's saying very vicious things. This is an intimidation tactic. This is predator behavior social predator, but predator behavior. The constant, relentless sarcasm is also very typical of Cluster B. It doesn't let up for one moment. There wasn't a single passage or phrase in that two-minute video that was not pure sarcasm. Now, I like sarcasm, as you know, but I like it as a seasoning, not a main dish. But there's... When you've got nothing but sarcasm, that's all you bring to a conversation. This indicates an empty mind that is running only on anger and self-centeredness. She says, if you need a job, (laughs) you might not get one. Notice the big smile when she says something wicked, the reversal, the disjuncture, right? She's saying something horrible, but she's, she's she's using expressions of happiness and contentment to characterize these, it is it is a form of verbal and visual gaslighting is, is one way to describe it. And then she talks about being careful about what you put on social media. Isn't that rich? Quote, documentation. You know what that means. You want to be an asshole? We document it. What she means is you disagree with us politically and we will document and persecute you. She's not making any bones about this at all. That's important. The boldness with which she says this is part of the point. Do you remember the episode we did, I and mean, it was about a month ago, where we looked at the testimony of Dr. Shannon Curry, a psychologist who was hired by Johnny Depp's defense team, uh, who administered the Minnesota multiphasic um, personality inventory test to Amber Heard and ended up diagnosing Amber with both borderline and histrionic personality disorders? Dr. Curry talked about what she called administrative or bureaucratic violence. That's what this is. That's what this woman in the video is doing. She's carrying this out. That's bureaucratic and administrative violence. And yes, I do have reservations about expanding the word violence beyond actually striking people. I'm with you on that. I'm going out on a limb a little bit here, but I realize that's somewhat questionable. It's the same thing as the threats from my mother and my husband when I had the break with my mother six years ago. It was the Uh, the threats to turn me into adult protective services for being an elder abuser, for not running her drugs for her or, uh, you know, dropping everything in, uh, at any hour of the day or night. Uh, it came later with the two of them, my mother and, and her husband, screenshotting my social media as they have done within the past year and sending emails to my bosses at work, alerting them that I'm an anti-vaxxer who's embarrassing the organization and also I'm a narcissistic monster. When this kind of woman needs to, They drop the sarcastic bitch affect in a hurry and turn on the waif-like supplicant affect to replace it. So one of the ways that they will try to continue to defend themselves, if you push back against a woman like this, she will often turn on the tears and she'll crumple. Instead of being this aggressive, brash snake who's getting in your face like this with the big eyes, she'll hunt your shoulders and she'll go, We're just trying to make this inclusive, and I I feel really unsafe. It's like men won't listen to women. That's what they do. More from her. We give you a couple of tries, and then what we do, we terminate you. HR is watching everyone, and we hate you. She's being completely honest and telling the truth. And here's some real good truth from her. If you didn't catch this, quote, my heart goes out to you guys. She's talking about the conservative people that she says she's going to fire. My heart goes out to you guys. I mean, you have families to feed, right? She likes this. This is sadism. That's sadism. But probably the most direct and apposite statement from her is this one. It doesn't matter if there's a fucking man at the top of your HR department. It's run by women, and it is run by angry women like me. She's right. Don't like it, feminists? Take it up with your bitch sister over here because she's telling the truth. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, this woman got fired, thankfully. Ah, let me anticipate. But you say you're against cancel culture. Mm, You're right. I am against cancel culture as it occurs today. Needless, misdirected harassment, persecution, provocation, and economic impoverishment, social banishment. I am against that because it is being abused. I am not against people who are abusive and who admit to abusing their power being banished. I, You know, it's astonishing to me how often people say, you're just like them, though, since both sides. You're just like them. Like, you think it's okay to counsel them? Let me think of a stupid, simple example for people like this. I'm against imprisoning people unjustly. I am against sending innocent people to jail for murders they did not commit. However... I am not against sending people to jail for murders they did commit. This should be simple and clear enough and spoken slowly enough for anyone to be able to understand. That's your answer to both sides. No, context matters. Punishment is in fact appropriate for people who abuse their power. hmm But that that she got fired doesn't mean she's just one isolated, crazy person. Obviously, she's an extreme example. But what bothers me about this and why I think it's worth spending this much time on it is it indicates where we are in our culture. There are always going to be people like her. There always have been people like her. It's just that we didn't see them as readily uh, prior to social media. The people in their lives did, though. People who actually had to work with these people, they saw it. We're in a culture that made this woman feel confident enough to do this at all. And that is the problem. The problem is not that one individual HR woman in Canada. The problem is we live in a culture where she felt safe to do this. Yes, that's right. I do think people should feel unsafe to do certain things. That's called normal social rules and etiquette, enforcement of boundaries. You should not feel safe to do anything you want. Sometimes you should feel safe but not all times, okay? This, is, this would have been unthinkable even 10 years ago. She wouldn't have dared to do this. But this has become normalized enough. The narcissism, the false claims of victimhood, The claims of being a virtuous upholder of community values by rooting out the nasty bad people who need to go away. This has been sufficiently normalized that she feels okay admitting in public. I don't know Canadian law, but I'm almost certain if it's anything like United States law, she admitted to serious illegal actions on her own part, targeting people for political opinions. She called it being an asshole but it doesn't change the fact that what she's doing is targeting conservatives and non-liberals and abusing her power and finding reasons to fire them. You think she's the only one? You think that the office politics where she works don't condone this? Think again. Since we're on Canada, let's go, um, let's, uh, let's move to the next topic here, which is uh, more woman power. And let's hear about um, Canadian vagina, which like, Canadian bacon, Canadians simply call back a vagina. So please roll it, Kevin. Member for Oakville, North Burlington.
2: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Vaginas and vulvas are a source of strength, <laughs> empowerment, and pleasure. Yet throughout our lives, we've been taught that the terms vulva and vagina do not have a place in polite conversation. That's one more way that the bodies of over half the world's population are stigmatized, sexualized, and objectified. With the recent news in the United States regarding Roe v. Wade, conversations about sexual and reproductive health are more important than ever, and it starts here on Parliament Hill. We need to reclaim space in health, research, politics, policy-making at the doctor's office to celebrate the power of vulvas and vaginas. It's 2022, <laughs> and we shouldn't be embarrassed or ashamed to talk about our bodies. Join me, the MPs from Winnipeg Centre, Saanich Gulf Islands, Shefford, Senator McFedron and Action Canada as we jointly help host a celebration on May 31st to reclaim the conversation and celebrate vulvas and vaginas as powerful and important.
1: <laughs> vagina, 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 Oh, now I can rest in power. <laughs> Come on. She's not upset that w- women are objectified. She loves this. Did you see the big goofy grin on her face? She's creating the conflict that she wants to have so that she can say, vagina, vagina, vulva, vagina, v- v- vulgina. Or whatever. This has nothing to do with polite conversation. These words are not off the table. Well, they are because it's not. (laughs) There was never a time when this kind of discussion was considered polite in mixed company or at dinner tables or during cocktail hour. There never was that time. This is not an oppression of women, for God's sake. And this fixation on reclaiming space. We hear that word a lot from the left. Reclaim, activists use it all the time. They're reclaiming everything. They're reclaiming the land that was stolen from them by colonizers. They're reclaiming the language. They're reclaiming the word slut because it's been given a negative connotation. It wasn't given a negative connotation. It's the word we use for something that already is negatively perceived. (laughs) And the implication is deliberate that something, land, language, identity, something was Violently taken from us. No, nothing was violently taken from you. It's like U.S. Representative Maxine Waters. This is a woman who wears her mouth upside down. I'm going to do her. She's like this. She started this shit about two or three years ago. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. I'm reclaiming my time. Better be careful or my my mouth is going to stay upside down like that. And in this video, look at these simps giving this woman a standing ovation. I expected it uh, from that biddy on the right there with the mask on, the only one wearing a mask while all the dudes weren't. But then the men, the men with these big beaming smiles on their face, they all rise as if she said something worthy of, you know, the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Standing (coughs) ovation. Dude, straight men. What has happened to you? What has happened to you, straight men? Why am I, supposedly a sissy Nelly boy, more of a man than you are? Hmm? Why don't you believe that you can say no to women? Why are you so gelded that you, you can't even keep your silence. You can't even keep a dignified silence. You have to actually participate with smiles and a standing ovation. Men, straight men, what has happened? Um, Just a little bit more before we close up this segment. Uh, Another call back to, uh, well, because we're on this topic. Um, The issues that came up during the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial. Um, I showed you many examples of the feminist conversation about this, which basically says it's not possible for men to be abused. And this kind of feminist activist, they want no escape for men under any circumstances. No redress, no legal rights, and for God's sake, no cultural sympathy. That belongs to women, not men. We saw buckets of it during the reaction to the Depp trial. Feminist activists carrying on as if they did not know that Amber Heard was a bedshitter, as if she hadn't had documented violent tantrums as if she weren't recorded on tape lying and telling Johnny Depp that no one would believe him that she abused him because he's a man. Like, they didn't know this happened. They do. Look at this on the screen. This is typical. Dr. Jody madiri She says, he cannot be a victim of abuse because he had all the control. If he was abused, there would be nothing holding him to her. I I have to stop in the middle of her tweet. Jody, you... I was almost going to use an old Saturday Night Live line. If you know it, answers on a postcard. There'd be nothing tying him to her. Jody, you are a medical doctor. You are supposed to be at least... Basically, conversant with abuse dynamics because some of your patients will have domestic abuse in their homes. You don't even know what you're talking about. She says, He would simply have left. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Just because he was hit, it does not make him a victim. Let me repeat that. These are her words. Just because he was hit, It does not make him a victim in an intimate partner violence or domestic violence power dynamic. What is still unclear? Everything, Jody, to you, everything is unclear. You moral wreck. Okay, we're going to close up here in this segment, but I want to remind you, please subscribe to us on audio. We have fresh content coming out this week, audio only. You won't find it on YouTube or anywhere else. Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your ordinary podcasts, subscribe to Disaffected, and we will see you after the break. Oh, yes. (laughs) Treat for you. My friend George Zamarippa is joining us for segment two. See you then. You know how podcasters are always asking you to hit the subscribe button? Well, this is us asking you to take a minute right now and be sure you've hit subscribe on your favorite video platform. Click that notification bell too so you never miss our newest content. And don't forget to subscribe on audio too. We have audio only content that you won't find on any video platform, so don't miss out. Do you like Disaffected? Do you like it enough to help pay for it? We'd love to have your support to grow and maintain this show. Donors get special access to our monthly Zoom hangouts. They're off-camera and unscripted. We talk about what you want to talk about. There are two ways to join. Patreon users can go to patreon.com disaffected or visit subscribestar.com disaffected.
0: think we should talk to them about adding on to our relationship. Maybe we should be more direct?
3: Hmm, I don't know. We have something to discuss with you guys. I guess now is a good time. Look, we've been doing some talking and, well, we don't know anything about the kind of relationship with... We just both... We're both crushing on you two. And we want to be open and communicative. And we don't want to force anything onto you two if you don't. About damn time.
0: We've been crushing on both of you for some time now, too.
3: What? Even me? Of course. I've been in love with you for years, idiot. I thought we were just making out. <laughs> like bros. Wow. Anyway, uh, we're not just looking to hook up. Totally.
0: We want to actually date.
3: We just don't have any experience with this, so we're hoping you can guide us. We've never done this before either. My head is spinning. Can we talk about this over breakfast?
0: Great idea! I've got a new notebook for the occasion too, just in case we want to jot anything down.
3: Damn it, you're adorable. let's establish some ground rules, like being communicative and stuff. Right, we should be open to each other to avoid misunderstandings.
0: I agree, and I think being clear with our wants and boundaries is very important.
3: I want some of your pancakes. And I am setting boundaries.
0: Okay, I know this is a romantic arrangement, but what about, you know, physical stuff?
3: I don't mind it. Cool with me. Might be good for all of us to get tested, yeah?
0: Good. Because I've never done it
3: before. Don't worry about all that. Yeah, we'll just go at your pace. This is going great so far. Let's celebrate. What do you have in mind? (laughs) More pancakes!
1: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, George Samaripa <laughs> oh, oh my God <laughs> yeah. No applause, please. Jazz hands for the sensitive. <laughs> oh, my God. Girl, I don't know what you think about this, but I had a few things I wrote him down so I could talk to you about them.
4: Oh, let's chat. I've got a lot to say.
1: Okay. First of all, this is, d- do these look or, st- I mean, okay, well, they don't look like anything. They look like the cheapest three frame per minute Japanese anime. Okay. First of all, it's complete crap. Second, do these look or sound like any gay men you have ever known in any sense? Absolutely
4: not. And if there are, and it wouldn't surprise me actually, if a lot of younger Queer men, I'm not going to say gay because, you know, gay is canceled. Hmm. Um, younger queer men probably sound like this because they see this shit and be, you know, think it's so cute, kawaii, and, you know, probably want to, <laughs> you know, emulate this. So it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if they do sound like this.
1: Um, but- see what I, I think this is. This reads to me as straight girl fantasy about what gay men are like.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is young queer kids don't know who the fuck they are. So they would watch this and be like, that's me too. I mean, Lord knows social contagion is easy to pick up.
1: Yeah, I know. It's like the clap, which all of them are going to get because there, you know, they're not going to get tested. They're just going to go to that pig pile. And that's what this is. This is just an excuse for a pig pile. They're trying to make poly polyamorous relationships normal. See how normal it is. We're thinking about adding onto a relationship and we're just really crushing on you. No, it's not. You can do whatever you want. I don't want to make it illegal for you, um, but I don't want to hear about it. But polyamorous relationships is just a modern social justice way of avoiding saying being a slut. Oh, absolutely. It's just for sluts.
4: Well, I'll be, isn't it? uh, Let me, I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep cutting you off, but let me add on to that. I actually think it's, I actually, I would prefer somebody just be a slut than be polyamorous because the problem here for me is the whole love and relationship aspect that gets mixed up into this. Which literally just sounds like a recipe for divorce, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why in God why on God's green earth would anybody who's in a relationship say, I know what's best for our relationship. Let's add more problems. Let's add more people to <laughs> it because more people <laughs> equals easier communication
1: that's uh, i i don't understand i don't get this. easier communication you know basically they should have just these two should have just sat down and said what are we missing in our uh no let me be the emo goth one that doesn't exist um what are we missing in our relationship and and the little that i don't know what kind of creature that it's is the queer version um, of elma Excuse, what'd you say? It's the queer version of Velma from- from Get out of my head, you guys. I have known George since our college days and this is constant between us. One of us is saying to the other, get the hell out of my head because that is exactly what I was just gonna say. This is Velma from Scooby-Doo except the alleged boy kind. Did you hear this? I thought we were just making out, you know, like bros. (laughs) <laughs> like bros. Yeah. I saw a couple of stories a few weeks ago that, tr- that can, tried to convince everybody that s- yes, straight guys really do get naked and cuddle with each other. That's a completely normal heterosexual way of men relating to each other. Now, George, I ask you, have you found this promised land? Cause a lot of us been looking for it for a long time. <laughs> I mean, I've I've seen stories about.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Where is this? This is why they call it.
1: I know. This is why they call it erotic fiction.
4: Well, and that's Um, exactly correct. You know, but but the problem is, is there was a time when we understood erotic fiction and we knew what it was, and now we're seeing it. It's like this isn't fiction this is real.
1: This is autobiographical. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Come read my rich and diverse archive of erotic fact. (laughs) And I got, well, maybe you'll have a different point of view on this, George, but I, I have to say about this. Anybody looking at this who doesn't, who isn't familiar with, the way gay men tend to relate to each other romantically and sexually. I can tell you that male, gay male sexuality is nothing like this cartoon. This is a complete fantasy. It is not a pastel colored world. It's dirty, it's sweaty, it's often rough. Here's the reality, men are sexual pigs. We will do things That would drive any normal woman to file for divorce. Okay. (laughs) Believe me, gay men, the the piggishness you see in us is simply the result of typical ordinary male sexuality unconstrained by female pushback. Okay. It's a lot dirtier than this. (laughs) Oh, that's exactly correct. You're absolutely correct. Right. And, you know, being a homosexual, I'm all for it. (laughs) 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 like i even i brought this two gallon bowl here for you to fill up (laughs) all right so so let's this month is gay pride i can't i can't believe i'm saying that george this month is gay pride that's what i want to talk about what pride gay what when it was gay pride what it used to look like 33 years ago i went to my first gay pride in new york city on the 20th anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, I was 15 years old. And in those days, that's what it was. Gay pride was gay pride. It was one day and one parade. There was no blocking off streets and whole neighborhoods or any of this nonsense. No festival, no week, no month. And for God's sake, not like the UK, where they're actually starting to call summer pride season. Unironically. Sure, there were drag queens and rave boys in underwear who were dancing on floats, but there was, at least then, there wasn't actually sex on the open street, the way you see now. Um, and when I went, what were these men doing? On Christopher Street, a reenactment of Judy Garland's funeral, complete with ruby slippers. <laughs> <laughs> that was gay pride. When did you first go to Pride, George?
4: Um, you know, that's it's an interesting question. I I I I kind of was a late comer to Pride, um, mostly because I and I still was this way even after I went to Pride, I was usually too lazy to get up and get up in the morning and go to like the Pride <laughs> parade or too any of that. I was like, I was that like, oh, I want to be at the parade. And then I was like, it's seven o'clock. I'm tired. And it's so hot. And it's hot. And it's, I don't wanna be right? out in the street when it's hot. That it sounds like the worst thing in the world. Why the hell would I wanna do it's, that?
1: It's disgusting, your makeup runs all down your down your chest. It's terrible, yeah, it's, it's terrible. But I, I think the first time I went to Pride was
4: actually when I came, when I moved back to, um, I wasn't moved, well, when I, it was sometime when I was back in Colorado, cause you know, for a time I lived in Hawaii. Um,
1: and I never went to. Oh, do you mean you there. didn't you didn't go to it until after college? Like after college, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's funny because you were already a whore. Well,
4: what does that have to do with pride? <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I don't need your pride to be a hoe. I'm just saying. <laughs> <I know. laughs> the,
1: see, see, that's what this is the question I want to ask, and I and. We're being cute and funny, but this is serious. What do we have to be proud of, specifically? What is it that we have to be proud of? I
4: think that's a. I think that's an absolutely a great question. Go ahead. You look like you're going to say something.
1: Well, you know, originally, the point of Gay Pride was to have a day where you did not have to be in the closet it was part political activism it was part trying to change social mores it was a lot of whether or not it was a good idea a lot of it was about giving gay men and lesbians a way to get over some of their shame at least that's the way we articulated this right whether this was the best way to go about it is another question but look around today what is there to be proud of we've got polls that are showing that double-digit percentages of the youngest generation are identifying as LGBTQ. This includes things like being a furry. Most of them are heterosexual. Um, they are coming from abusive backgrounds, a lot of these kids. They are stacking up their sexual experiences with each other. They're, they're tr- I mean, it's. Le- let me give you an example. Let's put – Kevin, can we put up on the screen um, – yeah, okay. So this is this is a post from Reddit's detransitions uh, forum titled, I Miss My Breasts So Much. Quote, I'm sitting in bed crying because I just miss my breasts so much. I got top surgery when I was 18. I'm 27 now. Even if I get implants, they won't actually be mine. I want mine back. Not only were they mine, but they were great looking, and I will never have them back. Never. I never thought this would happen to me. I was always a million percent sure I made the right decision. But the past couple years, I finally realized, and it's so fucking hard to comprehend this and accept it. I'm going through a mourning period right now over my old body. I miss it so much. I look at girls nowadays, any girl at all, and I'm completely jealous. At least they still have their natural body. I feel like an imposter. Like I can't even claim that I'm actually a girl, even though I am. My voice is fucked. I have no boobs. I'm constantly worried about passing as a female, even though I fucking am one. I feel so much regret, and it's eating me alive. That's our community today. This is what we're bringing young people into.
4: Stunning and brave, isn't
1: it? Yeah yeah stunning and brave
4: you know the sad it's it's reading that and, and and hearing you read it it's 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 sad it's pathetic i can't think of another word besides that but it is sad you know but the other but the other thing too i don't want to wallow in the sadness of it too much because i think that what happens in these conversations is we're like most of us we're afraid to speak truth we're afraid to call spades spades and in this situation, I'm sorry. Oh, so you mean to tell me that actions have consequences? Huh. I mean, I, I, yeah. yeah. What can you do I now? Know.
1: I have a I have a lot of sympathy. I have a lot of sympathy for somebody who's 18 years old who's put on this track, and certainly the younger they are, you know. I mean, I realize that 18 years old is the is the age of majority, but it is um, it is too young developmentally, brain developmentally, to be making decisions like this. Uh, so I, you know, I want to. Sh- this this next one is is a little bit more disturbing. It's a little bit longer, but it's important because it's also a, a part of our community today. This is disturbing. <clears throat> uh, this is from another Reddit subforum, and it, this one is from a man, and it's titled, How to Deal with Extreme Jealousy Towards Cis Women. That's cis as in cisgender, what trans people call normal people who don't think they're the opposite sex. Quote, <clears throat> Thr- uh, throw away because I'm sick of the lurkers here, blah, blah, blah. I know jealousy towards cis women is pretty common for us to feel, but I have this extreme jealousy, almost anger, towards my cis co worker. She is everything I want to be and more. She's Swedish and Japanese, and she speaks both fluently. She has a gorgeous, feminine, childlike face, small, delicate hands and feet. She's small and skinny, but somehow still has boobs and butt. She constantly smells so good and feminine. Her hair is so long and shiny. Everything about her is so ultra-feminine, it triggers the fuck out of me whenever I have to interact with her. Ooh. I cannot stop internally hating this girl, even though she's super sweet and talented. I have dreams where we wake up and our bodies are switched. She cries and screams when she realizes she is no longer in her body, but in mine. My big, awkward body that will never look feminine or attractive. I get so much joy from knowing that I took her body away from her and she's stuck in mine. It's weird. I know I am seeing my therapist about this. (laughs) Don't bother, bitch. There's no saving you. It's the rest of it. I just can't get over how unfair it is. She was so blessed with looks and femininity. Deep down, I hate this girl. I daydream about doing bad things to her, and it scares me. I would never actually do anything in real life. Uh Uh-huh. But the way she inflicts so much pain on me by making me feel so ugly, worthless, and masculine sends me into a fucking rage. I can't shake this feeling of being wronged by her existence and needing to get revenge. Again, I would never act on it. But I cannot shake these feelings. I need advice, please. Or sympathy, please. I just want to be a fucking cute small girl. This life is not fucking fair. This sicko, this psychopath, is considered part of LGBTQ today. This is a heterosexual man. This is a straight man with a severe personality disorder from Cluster Buffalo Bill. I'm not joking. I mean what I just said. Yeah, I said it in a funny way, but I mean it absolutely deadpan, literally. This is Silence of the Lambs. We used to know this type of psychosexual perversion. We used to understand that this was a real type of person Criminology still, well, I was gonna say criminology still knows it, but I don't know if criminology is allowed to say it knows it anymore because we are now living in a society where we put men like this in prison with women. We believe them when they say, I'm a girl. We put Buffalo Bill in prison with the same women that he keeps at the bottom of his well. That is what we do. Sorry, I, <laughs> George, what do, you, what do you say to this?
4: Well, I, I a couple of things. One, you know, I hate to, to be the, uh, the person who shares uh, an overused statement, but facts are facts, America. Um, when somebody tells you who they are, believe them. This person is literally writing a confession. This psychotic yes. person is writing a confession about wanting to hurt their colleague because she's a girl.
1: Because she's a woman. Did you, did you hear how he said, how she makes me yeah, feel, how she makes what she me does me feel. to me? Correct. Yes. The, this is reversal. He is projecting, oh. because he is fantasizing about raping and murdering us. Yes, that's absolutely. what's going on. This is a rape and murder fantasy.
4: Accusations from but narcissists are confessions.
1: Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Let's move on to the next one, because that's disgusting enough. Uh, and we'll have more of that on another show. I'm, I'm looking at Facebook the other day and the Discovery Channel is advertising to me for Pride Month. We'll have, got it on your screen here. It's a picture of a, a knight in shining armor, then some dude with a stupid haircut and a couple other people with stupid clothes. It's called The Book of Queer. And it says, your history isn't straight. It's fabulous. Get all the dirt on the legendary icons you never knew were queer. Oh, my God. Let me let me show you some of the reactions on Facebook. This won't surprise you, George. Um, these are representative. I did not cherry pick these. These were not the minority that I chose to make people look worse. These are representative of the general sentiment of reaction to this. First one, Jay Lynn says... Cue the straight male fragility. Becky, Becky Groves. And for some reason, I don't know Becky at all, but I honestly feel sorry for her because she seems like that girl in high school that used to fall for all this stuff. She says, I love this and have been recommending it for everyone to watch.
4: And her name's <laughs> Becky, so.
1: And her name is Becky. <laughs> I know, well, she can't help that. <laughs> or can she? <laughs> Short for Becky. said, so, is this what Republicans are scared of being taught in schools? Thankfully, there is streaming lol. 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 <laughs> I know. LOL. I hate that. It's it's like, I, I'm insouciant youth. LOL. <laughs> <Yeah. Hi>. the, <laughs> we got a couple more of these. <laughs> One guy speaks sense, and you know what's going to happen to him. Derek says... Without straights there is no history. Buh! <laughs> Paul responds Bro, straight people have never contributed anything to history worth remembering. Shrug emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, how do you think you got here? <laughs> Where does he think he came from? <laughs> Apparently, And finally, we've got, we've got Rhonda who says, Derek, without LGBTQ, you wanna even be on the internet? Look it up. (laughs) Look it up. (laughs) What is there to look? I don't know how. I don't know. Just look it up.
4: (laughs) Um, Here's somebody. I I, I need to... I'm sorry, did you want to say? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Say go ahead, go ahead. Okay, first of all, I, I I know you guys have talked about this already, but I am so sick of the word queer, and I'm sick of it being forced on me by so-called allies. Number one, if you want to be my ally, come and have a conversation with me so I can tell you not to call me queer. Do not call me queer. <laughs> Um, Thank you. Number one. Number two, it is high time that lesbians and gay men, and I may say bisexual, but I'm I'm finding even some bisexuals to be a little bit problematic lately. So I'm going to leave them out for this. Lesbians (laughs) and gay men, it is high time we divorced the alphabet mafia. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. I am not part of it. I don't want to be part of it. I don't even want to be, you know, this even goes beyond the whole like taking over our pride flag. Because, you know, Josh, that I posted I, I posted on my social media a couple of weeks ago, the pride flag with like the gigantic, you know, uh, uh, trans colors literally coming in like Pac-Man eating. the food. <laughs> <It's> like, <"Tomp, laughs> yep, chomp, yep. Which is literally what's happening. They are eating us and we are literally inviting them to the buffet. Um, you know, so.
1: Yeah, it's Douglas Adams' self-slicing cows, the ones who walk over to the table and offer a slice of themselves for the patron's delight. That's
4: exactly correct. I'm a, a little off the top.
1: Oh, I'm sorry.
2: Bob.
1: <laughs> 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 well, there's somebody. I, yes, yes, we need a divorce. Frank, I don't even want to be gay anymore. Okay, can I just not, I just don't even want to be gay because now it's embarrassing and tedious. It used to be fun. There is somebody who agrees with us. Let me give you a couple of quotes from a man named Garrett Roberts. He's a a British writer, uh, best known for his work on the modern incarnation of Doctor Who. He wrote an op-ed in Spiked Online, which is a great publication, titled To Hell with Pride Month. Quote, I first attended Pride in 1985, age 16. Back then, it was a mere afternoon in a specific place, not beamed from every media device across the Western world for an entire month. It was a bad time to be unheterosexual, with AIDS at its height and the popular press taking open, casual delight in the deaths of young men. Um, I'm going to cut out all the middle of that. I do suggest that you read this article in Spiked. But he comes to the end and comes to basically the same conclusion. Quote, And with heavy irony, Pride now comes alongside the same kind of intolerance and moral outrage you will find in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, but with none of the leavening of Christian forgiveness. There are regular Twitter outrages whenever somebody or something is said to have besmirched the sanctity of the Pride Festival. I had a bet with a friend about when and about what we would get the first horrified not during pride month mass splutter on Twitter this year. And Garrett ends with this to hell with pride. It's an utterly corrupted embarrassment. Oh yes. And the last time I attended the actual big day was in 1990. I got food poisoning and it's been making me feel sick ever since.
4: Bravo. (laughs)
1: I know. I'm like, can somebody please get Mr. Roberts on the phone and ask him if he's married for me? <laughs> I may have finally found my husband.
4: So, really quickly on the same on this same topic. Yep. Um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, I had shared, or somebody actually had 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 made a comment on a on a Twitter string um, about some of these issues in terms of particularly um, the TQ part of the LGBTQ alphabet mafia. Um, and there's a lot if you if you're on the sort of gender critical and a lot of the the LG anti uh, alphabet mafia groups of which I'm a part of. Um, they're exposing a lot of these you know uh, a lot of trans uh, rights people who are literally going out there and saying you know things like basically that lesbian and gay history would not exist if it weren't for transgender people, you know, uh, calling Marsha P Johnson, a trans woman. When we all know Marsha P Johnson was not a trans woman. It's a lie. Stop. He was a man who was a drag queen. Exactly. Stop saying it. And, and the fact that what, what bothers me about this is that gay men and lesbians are just like, yeah, like there's no pushback. There's no like, wait a minute. That wasn't true five years ago. How is that? true?
1: I know. I don't, where yeah. where does our Stockholm syndrome come from? Is the question. I mean, we can't answer that question, but it it, it is astonishing. It's like why why are we taking? Not only are we taking it, we're taking it and then we're reamplifying it. It's like like we love it, you know?
4: Right. And so um, what so, I wanted to say was there was a guy who had responded to some of these things, and he said. Um, if the TQs hate gay men and lesbians so much, why are they so keen to be part of our group? Why is the LGBTQ umbrella so important to them? And I wanted to share something that I actually tweeted. And I said, that's just it. They don't want to join us. They want to be us. They want to take our spaces. They want our lives. They want our history, everything. They're vampires, and yet, So many LGBs freely give it to them and we're going to suffer for it. We're already suffering for it. It's why I don't want anything to do with this. It's why I don't want anything to do with pride. It's why. What the hell do I need to be proud of as you mentioned earlier? I'm just married, living my life, doing my thing, going to work. I'm really no different than really my neighbors, any of us except that, you know, I like butt sex. (laughs) And I'm sorry, I know that's being a little bit like too out in the open.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's crazy. You know, we we finally assimilated, we finally got the same rights, and now we want to ruin everything for everybody else. It's ridiculous. George, I want to thank you so much for joining us. We got to wrap this segment up, but uh you were the right person to come and to talk about how pride goeth before a fall with me. Um so uh if I could say we'll talk again. Take thing. notes during this dreadful boring month and maybe we'll do a recap later.
4: One more thing before I run away. Yeah. The reason these people want to be us, this goes back to cluster B. These people are bereft. They don't have a sense of who they are. They don't know who they are. That's why they are larping anything and everything they can attach to. Keep that in mind when That's you're dealing right. with these people. They don't know who they are.
1: They don't have a whole personality. Correct. They're they, trying to suck it. They're trying exactly. to suck it out of us. Absolutely. Exactly. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, take a break here, but I do want to remind you we would really love to have your financial support to make this show happen and to grow it. Two easy ways to do it. Go to patreon.com disaffected. You can also sign up at subscribestar.com disaffected. Don't want to do it regularly or monthly? Want to just send us a one-off? We appreciate those too. Go to PayPal and use our email address, us at disaffected.fm that's the letters us at disaffected.fm see you after the break you know how podcasters are always asking you to hit the subscribe button Well, this is us asking you to take a minute right now and be sure you've hit subscribe on your favorite video platform. Click that notification bell too. So you never miss our newest content and don't forget to subscribe on audio too. We have audio only content that you won't find on any video platform. So don't miss out. Do you like disaffected? Do you like it enough to help pay for it? We'd love to have your support to grow and maintain this show. Donors get special access to our monthly Zoom hangouts. They're off-camera and unscripted. We talk about what you want to talk about. There are two ways to join. Patreon users can go to patreon.com slash disaffected or visit subscribestar.com slash disaffected. Welcome back. We're going to close up with a couple of things and a little bit of happy but i do want to remind you that we are not just on youtube we are also on free speech platforms like odyssey so check us out there it's a really good idea to check us out there and subscribe there and bookmark or note it in your device because if we do get booted from youtube we will be running on places like odyssey and rumble so don't forget about that i'm going to actually just read to you a really short essay that I put up on our new Substack. And remind you, we have the Disaffected Substack now. So it is um, disaffectedpod.substack.com And there is a problem with American knowledge. We've all heard people complain about the fact that civics is not taught in school anymore. That complaint is correct. And it's not just an old person's lament. It has serious consequences. So Let me, let me tell you what those are. A serious and possibly fatal to our Republic, ignorance that is shared by most citizens, the concept of inherent rights. Most Americans not only misunderstand American jurisprudence and philosophy, they have it exactly backward. Let me illustrate. Can you imagine asking yourself this question? Where in the law does it say I have the right to take X action? Where does it say I have that right? If you answered yes, that you could see yourself asking that question, you are profoundly uninformed. And that is not meant to be snarky. It's not meant to call you stupid, I promise. But you are badly misinformed to your detriment. In the American philosophy that is laid out in the Declaration of Independence and that underpins the Constitution, humans have inherent freedom and rights. We have it by virtue of being born or from our creator or from the fact of our existence. That means we have rights to do things whether or not any state or any legislative body ever wrote those specific rights down in a law. People today believe that in order for them to hold a right or to exercise a right, that that right needs to be what is called enumerated in the law. That means it has to give me specific permission in the law or I can't do that thing. This is shockingly wrong in the American system. You as a human and certainly as an American citizen have fundamental rights already simply because you were born on the face of the earth, even though those rights don't appear in specific words in a law. Here's a simple example to illustrate the concept. I live in Vermont. There is no statute, no state law in Vermont that says Vermont citizens may change the oil in their car without going to a licensed mechanic shop and paying for it. There's no such law that says that. There's no law in any state that says that. But the fact that there is not to that law does not mean, therefore, Vermont citizens like Josh are not legally allowed to change the oil in their Toyota. They have to go to a car dealership. That's not what that means. (laughs) That's not true. You can see it, right? That's easy. That's very simple to understand, right? You can substitute any example and it scales completely all the way up and down. That's all of your rights. No, there aren't any exceptions. Well, maybe somebody can think of one, but that is how our system works. We have these rights. The Constitution, the Constitution's main function is not to give us rights. If you believe that, you are badly wrong. The Constitution's function is to restrain the government from depriving us of our rights. That's what it's for. This is why The framers of the Constitution fought each other over whether to include these enumerated rights that we call the Bill of Rights at all. They addressed this problem by adding the Ninth Amendment, which says, The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people, that is, other rights. So that's just late 18th century speak for exactly what I said. Why did they do this? They feared that even putting the Bill of Rights in would lead people to believe that if a specific right was not laid out in detail in the Constitution, then Americans would believe that they were legally barred from exercising that right. They would believe that they needed specific, explicit permission to take an action. That is not what the framers intended. But this is where we have ended up, and this is why we cannot defend our legal rights, and we cannot defend the Constitution. This is why we allow patently illegal Unconstitutional governance practices, such as executive orders that give you a curfew to be inside by, or require you to wear a mask, or attempt to legally compel you to take a vaccine. I don't care how common it is, I don't care how normal it seems to you, this is all absolutely uncontroversially illegal. I know, I know. It's controversial because people fight about it, but they're wrong. The Constitution is very, very straightforward. It's not, it's not abstruse. So um, if you know somebody who needs a quick civics lesson, please send them over to the Substack. This is an important concept. I'd like more people to think about it. Thank you. And to end up, so many of you were so kind to me last week about the death of my cat, Lily, um, and I want to thank you for it. I got really nice responses from people touching stories about your own pets, and, um, and a couple of people who said that, you know, those reflections helped them think about what they were going to do when their dog or cat dies, um, but you were all really, really kind. It was a tough week for me on a lot of fronts, and um, thank you. You helped. You helped me out. I'm going to leave you with something a little happier. I'm going to introduce you to the remaining two cats in the house. First one is Mina, Mina Kitty, here on the screen. I took this yesterday. Yes, this is her while I'm trying to take a nap on my bed, putting her chin down right over my arm. This cat adores me. I adore her. But she is the most physically affectionate cat I have ever had in my life. And I, I had her since she was a kitten, which I'm sure has something to do with it. And she's just the cutest thing. But the real star of our house is Shredder. And some of you guys have seen Shredder before, but I gotta tell you, this boy here, this is him approaching me. This is what he does in the morning now. He comes over after breakfast and wants personal loving. And this is fairly new because when we adopted him six or seven years ago, this poor guy spent three months in the shelter, largely in bite quarantine. He was very stressed out. People wouldn't leave him alone, and, and he's a big bruiser. This is an 18 pound, he was 22 pounds when we got him. About 18 pounds now, and he can bite hard. He is a strong fighter. Um, I couldn't let him stay there. And over the years, he has learned to trust me and Mary so much that this skittish cat who would sooner claw you as look at you, now comes over. And when he's done getting his head pets, he sits down, as you can see in the next picture here, right on my lap. And um, that's what I get every morning. He makes me very, very happy. So, we miss Lily, but we are very grateful to have our little kitty friends who are still with us. That's the show. Thanks everybody, I appreciate you. I'll talk to you again next week. For more conversation on the dark and disordered psychology that shapes today's cultural and political left, Subscribe to our weekly audio podcast on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and virtually anywhere else you get your podcasts. Let's learn to recognize these dynamics and call them what they are. Subscribe to Disaffected to learn how to break the spell. Do you like Disaffected? Do you like it enough to help pay for it? love to have your support to grow and maintain this show. Donors get special access to our monthly Zoom hangouts. They're off-camera and unscripted. We talk about what you want to talk about. There are two ways to join. Patreon users can go to patreon.com slash disaffected or visit subscribestar.com slash disaffected. You know how podcasters are always asking you hit the subscribe button well this is us asking you to take a minute right now and be sure you hit subscribe on your favorite video platform click that notification bell too so you never miss our newest content and don't forget to subscribe on audio too we have audio only content that you won't find on any video platform so don't miss out